It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Invincible Season 2, Episode 4 is over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. I am one of your hosts, Jason Reed, a.k.a. The Talking Titan. I am here, as always, with my co-host, The Gift of Gab, a.k.a. Gia Worthy. Gia, how are you? How did you find the episode? End of end uh, of the first part of, se- of Season 2, how are you feeling? Uh, well, you know how I feel about... Uh, Omni-Man coming back just like awful 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 but there was a lot going on here um not a ton of it good like good in like the quality of the show is good but in terms of like how things are going for everyone in this show um not great not great lots of process here yeah, again, uh, I think the show shines when we focus on less plots. We had probably about yes. 
four, I think four, maybe three and a half subplots in this episode. I felt like the show's pacing is much better when we have less to focus on. This is a very action heavy episode of the show, which was fantastic because one of the great things this show does is action and the way that it portrays action, the way that, you know, how vicious and how brutal it can be. So I definitely thought this was a, one of the stronger uh, episodes of this season. And, you know, of course they give us one of their best episodes to leave us uh for for this first part until we you know until we get the second part whenever there's been no real release date given we we just know early next year uh so of course they leave us on on a a good episode to leave us again wondering what's going to be the plan here what's going to be mark's plan when he gets back to earth because we were left on sort of a interesting notes uh this episode yeah um a lot to process here a lot going on a lot for mark to process in uh the span of 45 minutes that we got him for here he learns a lot about uh what omni-man's been up to since uh he fucked off from earth and uh this is a a very jerry springer episode of invincible (laughs) uh you know jerry springer colon i cheated on your mom with an alien and now you have a brother (laughs) um and as mark so eloquently said what the invincible title fuck yeah, it was. They've done interesting things in the Invincible title cards this this season because it didn't it didn't really flow the way it usually does. Uh, yeah. The way they they break break into the episode, uh, but a fun use of it for sure. Um, so yeah, very interesting. Let's uh let's kind of jump into the episode proper. Uh, we'll we'll start off with the big guns. We'll start off with where we left off last episode. Mark gets to uh, this this Thraxon planet. And he gets confronted by his dad, a.k.a. Omni-Man, a.k.a. Buff J. Jonah Jameson, as, as I like to call him. Um, so we, you know, we see Mark and his dad, you know, and it's so interesting. Actually, let me let me let me backtrack. We first see the 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 aftermath of the Omni Invincible fight, right? Like of last season. We see it from Nolan, a.k.a. Omni-Man's perspective. We saw him, you know, just like so crestfallen with what he's seen him do to his his own son his his emotions taking over what are these emotions i'm feeling and he blasts off into space we we see him pretty much uh kind of you know i don't know how long he was floating in space he 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 had grown a beard by the time he was uh he, he had almost decided to end it i guess to to put himself into a, i don't know if the, i don't know if that was a planet it was a star what it was but before he decides to end it all he sees a ship in distress and and uh, one thing i have to actually like say about this episode this series this the the music in this in this series so far is fantastic this episode was really a showcase of what music can do because it was so uh emotional a few times in this episode music really kind of spoke for the characters and spoke about what they were feeling and the, the emotions. This is the this is the episode of the most I had to look up songs and be like, oh, that's a nice song. Like, let me look that up. Like this, uh, <laughs> you know, this this first song was by Leonard Cohen. It was Avalanche. I was like, let me look that up. Let me, let me listen to that song. It was so nice. It just kind of portrayed the emotions here. So Omni is about to jump into a star or a, a planet that ended all. He's in a ship in distress. He saves the ship, takes him back to Thraxa. He's going to leave. They're like, "No, hey, you saved us. So what, what's up? Come, come on, come on back. Like, w- w- be our protector, be our person." And I don't know. What did you? How did you feel about what was portrayed here, and how this kind of switch up from Omni Man? Uh, like, okay, 
I I get what they're going for here. It's like Omni Man is not necessarily a hundred percent the sociopath that you know that he wants to set himself out to be. Like he is starting to realize that he does actually care about people. Probably part of the reason why he abandoned his post. But mm-hmm. do not want to see a and I'm glad that Mark was not forgiving for all of the crap that happened because and I didn't expect him to be necessarily but like even as Omni-Man is explaining everything that's going on and like what he has been up to since he left Earth Mark is very unforgiving on it and I'm interested to see kind of like if anything else accumulates for it but it almost feels like they're like Omni Man is trying to give himself a redemption arc almost, and Mark is saying absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, because we do get the the reunion that we were waiting for, and honestly, I, I was not sure what was going to happen. We see we see Mark, we see both Mark and Omni Man kind of knuckle up. Like we're not sure what's going to happen. You know, Mark Mark kind of bucks, and I love like Mark like you know, bucks at his dad. His dad just like st- standing there like I'm not scared of you. Like what <laughs> you're still my little boy. And then Mark goes for goes in for the hug. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I guess you you missed your dad more than you thought. And but that doesn't last long. He's like, what the hell? Like, why? Like, why are you getting these people, these aliens, to lie to me, to trick me, to come here? I, I never wanted to see you again. And Nolan's like, well, listen, you know, I, these these people need your help. I knew you were gonna to you weren't gonna hear it from me, so you needed to to be led here to you know to for me to explain it to you. Mark, like you said, is not trying to have it. He says, F off. I'm out of here. Nolan says, listen, uh, you, you, <laughs> I, I love how, how you know, Omni-Man says, you can't get back on your own. It's millions of miles away. And navigation is not your strong suit. <laughs> as, as we saw many times in the first season where Mark didn't know where Mount Rushmore was. Mark didn't know uh, which way to go for anything. Because, I mean, you know, I, I, listen, I can't blame him because I wouldn't either. He, he might have a point there. I'll give yeah. him that. Yes. So Mark's like, fine. You have five minutes to explain your situation, and then you need to get me a ship out of here. Uh, and you know the the anger that Mark exhibits is is so interesting because you know he's like, "You called mom a pet." I mean, we th- this pet this pet comment that Avi Man made kind of offhandedly is going to haunt him for the rest of his life. Oh, absolutely, that, and he deserves it for real. I mean, that's all Debbie can talk about. This is the first thing Mark brings up. Like, you called her a pet. Like, okay. And Audi Man's attitude here is really interesting because I, I wouldn't say he's even that apologetic. He kind he kind of acts like he missed he like he like missed Mark's basketball game. He's like, okay, yeah, big deal. I messed up. Eh. Like, no, sir, you tried to subjugate a whole planet and you beat my ass <laughs> until I almost died. Uh this it's not really something you can really wave off. I feel like no, I feel like Audi Man was kind of like, eh, big deal. Yeah, I think I mean, like, all in all, he's still an asshole. Mm-hmm. However, like, yeah, he is trying to really minimize like, oh, that like they ha- got into a fight. They got into a fight like on vacation or something yeah. over something over like dinner reservations or something. And not that he like genocided New York or sorry, Chicago. And uh, like, mm, you know, he's it's like, so not actually- a great look. So I accidentally threw away your baseball collection. So what? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, no. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. No, it's not fine, sir. You killed a lot of people. You mur- and you, you were trying thousands. to kill even more people. So <laughs> yeah. what are we doing here? 
Yeah. So Omni Man brings Mark to his house to, you know, explain a little more. And this is where we get into the some of the mess of it all. We find Nolan, you know, comes to the house. There's this Thraxen alien there, and they share a very a steamy tongue kiss which is like okay i i didn't need to see that uh there's some things animated that you know you look at you're like okay that was probably even grosser than what it would be in the live action and this was definitely one of those moments where you just see the tongues intertwining you're like oh okay cool and mark of course is like you already got a new wife like you just left mom i think forgetting that no what nolan's attitude towards debbie really is like he didn't really i, I still don't think Nolan even really ever loved debbie Oh, absolutely not. I don't think like even even though obviously what he said about Debbie is hurt a lot of people. Um, and because like it's kind of a reflection of like what how Mark feels about Debbie, but also like the people around Debbie, the people that they have been friends with for decades now since he got to Earth. But like I I don't think he ever loved Debbie. Not certainly not the way that she deserved to be loved, but I think he was like this is somebody that is an agreeable person for me to live with for 20 years. You yeah. know, it's like, like she's not terrible, which Debbie's an icon, let me just say. But like, this is someone that he could spend time with. I think maybe there was like, obviously like a physical attraction there, but mm. I don't think it really had anything to do. I, I don't think that it was like a genuine love or definitely not like respect or anything like that that played into this. Yeah, so we, we see Nolan moves even faster than we thought because he also has a child with this new wife, Andressa. Uh, so like, and he's he's purple. We're like, okay, so that's what you get when you uh, combine a Viltrumite and a Thraxen. Okay, did had no idea. So he's a little little purple boy. Uh, and Mark's like, are you effing kidding me? And this is where we get the, you gotta be invincible. Effing kidding me. It's yes. like, you know, you you moved on so fast. It hasn't even, like, we, and this is where we find out, like, it hasn't even been six months since the whole, uh, you know, Omni-Man invincible fight. It's like, that kid isn't even six months. You 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 came in and moved so, you moved so fast. And no one's like, well, actually, no. Like, the, the life cycle of a Thraxon is not the same as a, as a human. He is very much, you know, still a newborn baby even though he looks like you know he's he's six months or something still it's only been six human months you know yeah like that it's it's still messed up no matter what way he slices it yeah and i was like i'm depressed and sad but i still found time to bone <laughs> yeah you're <laughs> no, not no. that depressed uh what's his name nolan, nolan yeah, or whoever Omni. yes i guess i was despondent and i was crushed but uh you know uh a viltrumite has his needs <laughs> Um, but Nolan's trying to tell Marcos, and I, I'm not. I wasn't trying to replace you. Uh, he says I was lost when I left Earth, but I found this planet, and you know, I found that I love saving lives. I found a purpose. And Mark's like, you had that. You could have had that purpose on Earth. Like Mark is so pissed that you know he's that Nolan seems to have an emotional bond to these people or these Thraxons that he never seemingly found on Earth with with the humans. Uh, yeah, so, now all of a sudden he is like an upstanding citizen and doting father. Yeah, it's like, dude, dude where was not. where was that? Where was that? Uh, but, you know, Nolan talks about, like, listen, we have a problem. Here, here's the issue. Uh, the Viltrumites have a rule about interbreeding and Viltrumites are not supposed to breed with anyone that doesn't, that isn't a species like them. So I could, I could breed with a human because we're a similar kind of species, but this here is a no, no, I should not have had children with this alien race. 
and you know the vulture mindset you know are going are ha- now know that i left my post they're going to come find me and when they find me they're going to find your little brother and they're going to kill him because he's not supposed to i'm not supposed to be breeding with with these with this alien race so they're going to yeah, come no. and kill him i don't like that he's just automatically referred to this baby first of all i don't know this baby Second of all, Mark doesn't know this baby. So don't go around trying to make him feel bad and say, like, this is your little brother. I did not co-sign <laughs> any of this nonsense. Okay. We just found out you were alive two don't minutes put, ago. Don't put this label on this kid of my yeah. brother. This is something that shares some DNA with me, but it's not my brother. But no, I, th- I think Mark, Mark, the, the human side of Mark, I think, does come into play. And he's like, Yeah, that is kind of my brother. So you can tell, like, from the jump, Mark is like, Okay, fine. I, I'm gonna have to help you out here. Um, no one says, you know, what he did was, was unforgivable, but all these people are going to die if Mark does not help him, uh, you know, push back the Viltrumites. Uh, you know, Mark says, how can I, how am I going to fight these Viltrumites? I can't even fight you. No one's like, yeah, I know, but I'm going to train you to, uh, you know, to, to help fight the Viltrumites. You, you suck fighting me. That's for sure. I beat your ass real bad, but I'm going to help you out to train you to fight better. And, it was so interesting because I was like, oh, this is going to be an interesting little episode about training and all this. But before you know it, here come the Viltrumites immediately. You're like, oh, that's an interesting development. They have shown up. They are ready to take down this planet. Nolan tells Mark to get Andressa and his little brother somewhere to safety. Uh, Mark does indeed take them to uh, a hideout that is kind of a, a cave hideout that Andressa has pointed him to. Uh it's a hideout that was used in times of violence. So they're, they're, you know, they're, they're hiding out there for a while. This is where Mark kind of gets more of the lowdown on what's going on with Nolan and Andressa and this kid. And we, you know, we find a little more about Thraxans. They let their children choose their own name when, you know, when they can speak, when they can think for themselves. So this little baby doesn't have a name. We also find out that Thraxans usually have a lifespan of only one year. Um, but this, the the fact that this is a Viltrumite slash Thraxan kid is making him age a little slower, which is kind of like caught in the middle of a, of a human and Thraxan life cycle. He's not, he's not quite, he's aging rapidly for humans, but aging really slow for Thraxans. Uh, so Andressa tells Mark that she's, you know, you know, listen, I'm not trying to replace your mom, but she's gotten really close to Nolan. And before, and by the time she heard all of Nolan's story, she was, uh, how do you say, feet overhead? <laughs> it was like head over heels, aka down bad. She was down bad for Nolan before when when she found out that Nolan killed a whole state. Yeah. I don't know what part of the story that he was telling her to make her fall in love with him, but I assume he was leaving out the war crimes excerpts on there. I don't know. Or what are what if you, you have fallen head over heels for someone, which I don't even know how that, you know, Nolan made that happen. But I guess we can say that Nolan is a charmer because he got Debbie. Um, but even I don't know how head over heels you have to be to hear. Oh, hey, I killed like a whole city for you to be like, yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, just so, I'm just so into you. I can't like I can't resist. Like I don't care that you kill thousands. I'm into it. She she really needs to like reevaluate like her taste in men. Like, girl, you only have a year on this earth. Like, there are other people. I guess not on Earth on this planet, but like, girl, there are other people out there. You do not have to. You know, stand up, damn girl. Your picker is off because uh, I know you, you, you gotta go to therapy, fix some of these traits that make you picking these uh, homicidal, genocidal men. Yeah, <laughs> um, that, that even if you even after you hear the story, you're like, eh, that's okay, I can, I can deal with that, <laughs> I can yeah. deal with your messy past. That's a little Absolutely more than that. not, yes. <laughs> um, 
So, you know, they're, they're telling the story, they're telling all the things, but, you know, they get interrupted by a Viltrumite uh, crashing into the cave. Uh, the Viltrumite says, listen, I'm here to test you, little Viltrumite human boy. If you fight well, you can join us. But if you don't, you die. And, you know, the Andressa and the other, you know, child are hidden, but the the, the bad Viltrumite comes in. We don't really get a lot of names to these Viltrumites. The bad Viltrumite, the Viltrumite comes and he's like, another one? He breeding with another species? Have another child? This is just outrageous. That, that's what Mark said. That's what yeah. I said. And Mark's like, yeah, totally. I, I'm down. I agree with you. Uh, but it's not long until the, the beating starts. Uh, the fight between Invincible and this new Viltrumite uh, is revving up. Uh, and the, the bad, the new, I, I mean, you know what? I'm going to call him the, the Black Viltrumite. The Black Viltrumite is. I, <laughs> he, wait, now, wait a minute. <laughs> now, don't put that on us. Hey, listen, that's just what it was. Uh, but he's beaten Mark up pretty bad, of course, because uh, as as you know, as stated, Mark's not very good against these Viltrumites yet. He's beaten his ass again. Uh, and before this Viltrumite can get the best of Mark, Omni comes to the rescue, tells him to stay away, tells Mark to get Andressa back further into the cave. Uh, Omni and the other Viltrumite, and you know, they 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 have a good fight, a pretty good fight to the to almost the end. But, Vil- but Omni-Man slices this Viltrumite's stomach open. All of his guts are pouring out of, of his stomach. And seemingly, I think everyone everyone thought, okay, we've dispatched this Viltrumite. That's, uh, that's enough of that. Uh, stay tuned until later if you, if you didn't watch the episode. Uh, but Mark has indeed saved Andressa and the kid. And he and Nolan are off to fight the other two Viltrumites. Because uh, there were three Viltrumites that, total that came to Earth. And this was just one of them. They just dispatched those two more they got to deal with. Uh, what did you think of this of this brawl in the cave? What, and I think it really lived up to the <laughs> invincible name of, uh, you know, disgusting yet thrilling uh, battle here. I, I feel like I can't be shocked anymore at these scenes and i still i don't know how i feel about the fighting heavy episodes because i'm a dialogue girly in general but you know like like even when watching survivor like the immunity challenges are when which i would say are the the invincible fights of survivor (laughs) are like when i go you know take a get a snack break make a drink something like that so you know maybe that's Maybe I'm not the person to necessarily act, but there's something about these fights that because they're so integral to the pod that it's like you can't look away, but you know something nasty is about to happen. Like their yeah. guts spilling totally. out all over. Yeah. All um, their yeah. Because they do not hold back whatsoever, but it does not feel like a – like, you know, sometimes in action movies, they like all the explosives or all the stunts and everything just – just to have them, just because it's like a visually, uh, visually appealing or noticeable thing to do. Whereas this is actually like the fights are always really integral to the plot of what is going on. But so I don't know if these episodes are necessarily my favorite, but they are ones that stick with you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially that that end scene where where Nolan like slashes this guy's stomach. You can see what he ate for breakfast, pretty much, uh, with all of his intestines and guts spilling out. Um, yeah. But uh, Mark and Nolan uh, do leave the cave. They go back to the the main Thraxen, I guess, settlement, and they get there and they see that the other two Viltrumites have uh have really laid waste to the whole land. All the other Thraxens have been killed. Their bodies are laying all across the place. 
And Nolan looks on at the destruction and is very pissed. He grabs Mark's like, why do I care so much about them? They shouldn't matter to me. I'm not supposed to feel this way. How is this a better way to be? Mark's like, this, because Nolan is pretty much crashing his windpipe. Mark's like, this is how you should have felt about Earth. Which, you know, is tough. It's a tough moment because Nolan is crying. There's tears streaming down his face. Like, why do, why I, do I care? Like, why should this matter? Like, I have feelings? What is this? Which just goes to show you that even though we had that that moment for Nolan on the mountain in the season one where he flashed back to, uh, you know, Mark at his baseball game, which made him kind of snap to his senses and be like, oh, this is crazy. I got to leave. That this is the first time he's really having these feelings of loss. He's really having these feelings of community that he found, uh, which was very interesting that he never felt this way about humans, apparently, because it, wa- it wasn't a a tough decision for him to want to kill the humans to want to subjugate the humans but it was that way about the thraxans he felt that way about losing them which was such an interesting uh move to to feel and such an interesting way for mark to be like this yeah this is like feelings this is emotion this is humanity in a way this is how you should feel about people which is so so interesting to see them both play that out I know. And it's, it's so frustrating, but it's like, like he was a deadbeat dad on earth. Like let's be on. I mean, I know that's not exactly what happened, but that's the version of this that I am deciding um, to the point where he was committing several felonies just for funsies at this, just cause he could. I mean, um, listen, it was all good for like 17 years. Until- yes, but then, <laughs> But then even, but was it good or were they just like accepting of it? Because we learned later in the episode when we get to Debbie's stuff is that like Nolan wasn't really around all the time, you know, like, and that makes sense as somebody with like a superhero schedule, but was he really the doting, like ever present, like great father that, you know, uh, they've built him up to be, or was he just a superhero that they looked up to? And it also happened to be his dad. Like, are they looking through this life that they had built together with rose colored glasses? And I think that at the very least, like, obviously Mark has to come to terms with a lot of stuff right now, but like, I think Debbie is starting to recognize that she is probably, you know, like, there are probably some things about her marriage that were not perfect, but it's hard not to think about everything that she lost when all of this stuff was revealed to her in season one. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of things going through both people here, which is interesting to see, but uh, enough of feelings. We get interrupted again by the other two Viltrumites that, uh, that had been laying waste. Uh, something that's interesting about these Viltrumites, all of the ones we've seen pretty much so far are just like, jacked accountants <laughs> like they're, they're all kind of like yeah. regular people that have just have a ton of muscle this woman with the braid with the like spear at the end of yeah. it terrifying to me what a terrifying woman but she kind of also looked like she could be like a kindly grandma oh, but she was just I like evil i could see her if they if she switched the veltramite suit with like a like a business suit, like business casual or something like that. I could see her as like a lawyer, like a yeah. very well, uh, well-established lawyer, partner, all that, st- all that good stuff. Uh, like I could definitely see it. They do all look like jacked accountants though. Yeah. These aren't like, you know, uh, model type b- buff guys. They're just like regular people that are, work out a lot. <laughs> like it's so interesting. And um, also are uh, colonists. Yes. True. For sure. Yes. 
Um, so the, the fight is on. Nolan takes on the the man Belcher fight. And I, I don't know if this is like, okay, Mark, we're going to start you on training wheels, take the lady. I don't know if that, that was the, you know, the, the impetus of this, but this lady was not effing around because uh, the battles are raging on. We see kind of back-to-back battles with, with uh, Omni-Man and, and Mark. Mark, again, you know, because this is the way it's been. He's getting his ass beat by a lady, getting cut up by this dagger. Uh, and and no one's trying to help Mark in his fight when he can, but he's dealing with his own with his own things. And midway through the fight, Omni Man's like, "Listen, Mark, you're fighting like you're on Earth. You got you got to let loose. You got to let it go and stop holding back. Don't think, just act. Fight like a Viltrumite." And I thought we were going to get this kind of a scene where we almost we almost sort of got it, but Mark has been trying to has seemingly had these bouts of of rage in a way that we've we've seen we've seen throughout this throughout the episodes throughout the throughout this season particularly where he's so you know caught off cut up about his dad that he's like he lets out these little rage bursts i thought that we were, he was going to go full hulk here and just obliterate this uh this viltrumite woman but that's not really kind of how it went yeah yeah i I don't even it's just, there's just so much to process right now with this is just like there. Oh, my God. I don't even know. Like that because the ending of this episode was so confusing to me. Right. Yeah. Like with how everything ends and how like they basically blackmail Mark into taking Omni Man's place here and. The fight and everything leading up to it just feels like the laying the inevitable here. But I did not expect this to be the way that things went. But I guess we're in the middle of season two. So yeah, for sure. Perhaps uh, I should have uh, thought about this a little more <laughs> when I was watching it. Yeah, but the end of this, the end of this main fight here with uh, with Omni and Invincible and the other two Viltrumites ends in a kind of a crazy way mark is getting an upper hand he's starting to he's starting to use the the ponytail as as to his advantage instead of letting it cut him up yes he's like flinging her around by her her, her ponytail or i don't know what you would call this. it was more than pony- I, it was, i'll call it it's a ponytail. like a it's like a braid i think yeah. like a long braid but i don't i don't know a more like proper name for it yeah so mark is getting the upper hand until ponytail lady stabs him in the gut and just seemingly really gets him really good, really deep in his in his gut here. Um, she's really about to end it all for for our guy Invincible when Nolan intervenes, flings her around, and just oh, and this was one of the most. I was like, oh, I was like, oh my god, this that's that's not cool. Ooh. Like elbows her in the mouth, caves oh. caves in her mouth, and that you know that's seemingly the end of her. Um, no one's like because he he takes care of his guy by crushing his skull into basically vertically and just kind of ending that. Uh, so you know, no one's like, all right, cool, we're done with that. Goes to check on Mark, um, but before he can, uh, Black Viltrumite <laughs> comes from nowhere. We thought he was dead, but no, here he comes holding in his guts <laughs> and basically kicks Nolan in his spine breaking him in two basically and honestly i thought this was the end of omni man i thought this was over for him did you think did you think omni man was done at that kind of i i kind of assumed that he was like i yeah. i don't know what like it, i would not put it out of the realm of possibility for invincible to can't to kill who i presumed would be the main antagonist of 
the entire show mm-hmm. in the middle of the second season. So I definitely yeah. would not put it past them for that. I was like, but Damn. yeah, I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess we're not going there. I thought yeah. we were, and I guess we aren't, but we're not, we're not going to finish our family healing therapy session, I guess. Yep. Yep. I guess that will wait for another day, but no. So I did kind of think that that was where they were going to go. And then maybe we would get like some iteration of Omni-Man in one of these other universes as well, or something mm, along yeah. the lines of that. But yeah, so this, uh, I did think that this was going to kind of be the end after we saw that wound. Maybe I should have thought about it more because uh, Black Vulture might also, you know, <laughs> presumed that he was dead. And apparently I was silly for thinking that the yeah. uh, the the flesh wound to the gut was uh, <laughs> fatal for him. But yeah, this was, this was a lot to process and it did make the ending very confusing for me. I kind of hate that it ended on this note because it really does feel like a cliffhanger or it does feel like an unfinished episode. And then we have to wait until the yeah. end, until whenever we get the second half of this season, it was kind of a passive cliffhanger in a way. Cause it's not yeah. like something that, that is uh, easily resolvable in the next episode, but it's something to really make us think and wonder what's going to happen. Yes. Um, but yeah, Mark is uh, in and out of consciousness because he has been stabbed in the gut. So he is, he's lost a lot of blood. So he's in and out of consciousness. He wakes back up um, to see, uh, Omni Man being carted away, and Omni Man is still alive. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's he's still here, he's still alive, and but he's being taken away by the other Vulture mice. He's being taken prisoner, and tells Mark to not forget about the good deeds he has done, the books he has written. He said, he says, read my books, Mark, and Mark passes out again. Now this, I was like, hmm, uh, this is interesting. Are we planting seeds for something? Uh, it really makes you think there's some hidden code in Omni-Man's books that he wants Mark to find a way to maybe break him out of Viltrumite jail <laughs> down the line. Like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be something in the books, right? Like yeah. whether it's like, do they have his books at home at any point? And like, he put messages in specific books within their home or can Mark go buy Nolan Gray books and have hints to think like what does Nolan even write about well we saw some of the books uh later on the line with that Debbie was putting on the curb were Nolan's books and yeah. it seems like he might write some sci-fi um mm. fantasy type of books so that we'll see sense. we'll see what what's in there seemingly there may be a key to something that no that no one has put in his books that he wants mark to figure out so that's gonna be an interesting little plot line to follow up on but now, mark you now you would think that the global defense agency would have read a couple of these books or thought to look into the well, literature might, that omni-man was making yeah they themselves probably don't know a lot about the viltrumite so there may be something in there that he could get past the gda um if he did put something in there like that but that that's very interesting uh, but Mark does pass out. He wakes up again, and and General Craig, uh, a a new Vulturite we're seeing, is above Mark. He says, "Oh, listen, good job, little one. You survived your first battle in in proving that you are worthy of the of your Vulturite heritage." And he tells Mark, "Listen, your dad's going to be executed, uh, but we're giving you his task of you know going back to Earth and resuming your dad's mission of taking over Earth." He says, "Listen, you can either go back." kill a few humans get them to cooperate or we can come and kill millions if we come there and find that you haven't done what you're supposed to do so basically gives mark an ultimatum fulfill your dad's legacy take over earth 
don't make us tell you again. <laughs> we in General Craig says, I'll be checking all your progress after a certain amount of time. And that's where we leave the episode proper. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, what did you think of this of this kind of ultimatum in a way that's a given to Mark? What do you think Mark's going to do? I mean, like you kind of have to say yes, right? The alternative does not sound great. It's like that's like saying no to an alliance on Survivor. Like, uh, yeah. you always say yes. Like, sure, yeah, no problem. Absolutely. Even if you have no intention of actually doing it, and I'm guessing Mark has to do it in some way here, but uh, well, in the way that yeah. Craig presented it, he wasn't asking for an answer. He was just like, yeah, this it is, was going to be what it's going to be. You're like, you're going to do this, but if you're super against it, then I guess we can kill you. Like yeah. that, you know, it's a, it's inconvenient, but I suppose that this is going to be how how things are going here. I, yeah, it it was not really an ultimatum. It was like, this is your life now. Enjoy. Yeah. And I guess my question is, why are the Viltrumites even messing around here? Why don't they just do what they did here? Come here, come to Earth, take over. That's it. Why are they even messing with Mark? Why are they now not at this I'm point just go and take care of it themselves? Like, why are they messing around this way? I'm guessing that taking over the planet is like a complex process, but they seem happy to just go in and beat the crap out of anyone. So I don't really know what they are like, what the end game is for here, other than the Vultramites taking over Earth. Maybe they just like having people around that they feel are less than them. Like, they can't just, like, take over Earth. They have to have some humans there to, like, remind them that they're so much better than them. Or maybe it's just, like, they don't feel like working as much. Like, we don't feel like getting to a whole other battle. We would just rather you go there 
and convince them and then we just come in and take over like peacefully like we can fight we can kill a bunch of people but we don't necessarily want to so you go and do it for us and we'll we'll come in and and claim victory once you have uh worked your way in but it kind of feels like they want to they seem more than happy to like murder people i've not seen them like be sad or like even anything less than um content after very vicious yeah they seem to enjoy it very much so i'm not sure why they are obviously for the show they kind of have to go the long route here but yeah i'm very confused as to why they are not going why they are going this route it just feels very obviously it's very cruel especially to mark who has just gone through a lot but yeah i don't really know what to expect at this point because like mark obviously has to say yes here or he's an idiot so i don't know really what him saying yes is going to result in i'm just wondering what he does when he goes back to earth eventually does he tell cecil does he tell anyone or does does he like ruminate on this and be like how am i going to solve this issue by myself i i you know it's so interesting to see what he's gonna what he's gonna do and how he's gonna tackle this yeah i I i'm really excited for the second half of season two because i really want to see how this goes i'm just i i don't even really know what the route is from here and i know they probably have a really good answer for it and i'm excited to see it i'm very confused right now well, and it's so crazy to me that this is seemingly going to be a big driver in the second half of the of the season. Oh, yeah. When we still have this big dangling thread of Angstrom and the multiverse stuff, like yes. either of those storylines could be the big storyline for a season. But we have two of them working parallel to each other, which I, I don't know how they're going to like juggle that. Yeah, honestly, this could have been like between Angstrom and the Mulder brothers and the guardians not having their shit together and now mark being a double agent against his will for the veltramites it just feels like these all of these plot points could have been different seasons yeah and listen uh not for nothing but i felt like the not having the guardians drama this episode made it a stronger episode because the the storyline seemed to drag down episodes that they're that it's it I want them to just do something different than whatever. Cause like Rex cannot be carrying the comedy for mm-hmm. the entire guardians team. You like do something here. Make something Let us, happen. <laughs> tell us more about shrinking Ray and bulletproof. I am begging people at this point, like mm-hmm. give them a storyline, give them something to <laughs> work with. If you're going to insist on us having them there, let them do a thing, please. And like, that could have been its own story for this season or like a major plot point of the season and it just it feels silly that they're continuing this with everything else going on yeah for sure it's a storyline that i'm least invested in and anytime it it pops up i'm like i just want to get back to my other stories like can we get over this and and get back to what i care about but eh, it is what it is we carry on uh we also check in on debbie this episode uh, we kind of left her as we seem to leave Debbie a lot of times this season in kind of devastated place last episode. Uh, she just got kind of told off by the widow of one of the superheroes that 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 Nolan killed. So she's uh, seemingly from that moment on, she's just been walking aimlessly around town the whole night. Um, looks like she's thinking about jumping off a bridge. Go, she goes to visit Nolan's grave 
asked why he married her like to, to be cruel to hurt people were they anything to him she says none of it was real he wasn't real only mark is real uh the, mark is the only real thing to come from their relationship and he almost took him too she never knew him at all so she's just at at nolan's grave that has nothing in it probably or some other b- body of some other like gda agent that was killed there <laughs> to like probably this, this, donald's yeah, probably Donald's old body. Um, so she's kind of just letting it all out at this at this grave. And ag- again, the music here as Debbie is just aimlessly walking through. Um, it is Olympus by by Blonde Shell. So like you know, just a shout out the music. So fa- just fantastic music choices mm-hmm. um, in in these these pivotal scenes. Um, we do get Debbie back at home. She's uh she's she's well into her grief. She's looking at old photos when all of a sudden. Art shows up. You don't remember who Art was. He was the tailor um, for Omni Man for probably I all the heroes Art. in this. Yeah, Art's, Art Art is awesome. Uh, he's the tailor for all these superheroes. Had a close relationship with Nolan. Um, you know, he he's come to check in on her. She admits that she isn't fine. Art says, "Yeah, me too." I was like, I, I was just like this whole time. I was like, "Kiss, kiss, kiss, get okay. it on." Okay, okay. So like, uh, it does Art trump cecil now for uh who we want for debbie's love interest because like Listen, I can... art, art is definitely better for debbie but yes. Cecil cecil's like the bad boy that debbie probably can't <laughs> help but but be drawn to right like we're terrible she just got out of a 20 year marriage and we're like who can we ship her with uh, listen, and Nolan, awesome. Nolan's got a whole ass kid now. <laughs> I know, right? It's not Debbie fair. Yeah. Debbie, Debbie should have several men in her life and women if she wants it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do. I do. Obviously, she needs time to heal and whatever. But and so does Art. But like, they're real cute together. I mean, listen, I I ship uh, Dolga. Okay, Debbie and Olga. I'm down for that too. I'm. Oh I mean, my, listen. Debbie and Olga would be a power. That might be too powerful. I know we have a lot of like powerful beings on this show, but like that might be what defeats the Vultramites is if Debbie and yeah. Olga join forces. But listen, you know, you can have chemistry in, in animated things too. I feel oh, like Debbie absolutely. has chemistry with a lot of people in this show. She's got it with Art. She's got it with Cecil. The power of Sandra O. Oh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, I yeah. I kind of love it. I think that I feel like in a terms of a long term, if she wants a fling, then like Cecil, right? Yeah. Like Cecil's Cecil's the guy. Uh she'll have a great time. But um Art is like the end game man that I want yes. for her right now. <laughs> for sure. Like he's kind, he likes Mark. He's been he's also been betrayed by Omni Man and mm-hmm. like they're both have a little drinky drinky problem that they need to solve a little bit but like they can do that together yeah so i mean they kind of sit and they commiserate about nolan you know tricking them both he says listen uh uh and and art kind of lifts debbie up he's like listen nolan was nothing without you back in the day you were the one holding it down at the home front you were the one raising mark Mm -hmm. when no one wasn't there you were the strong one nolan had powers he had it easy you had to stand up to nolan you had to raise mark he says you are the reason we're not all slaves of the vilchimites right now he says you never really needed nolan in the first place i was like oh okay art hold up up the queen hold up the queen um smooth art Art's got that dog in him. I love it. Yeah, and that's where we leave it. I was just expecting like some kissing, some something to go on. Let's, no, let's, I thought it was a little going. too early. I thought it was a little too early, but I do feel like uh, season three. That's 
I, I feel like we can get that. I feel I like need Debbie. I need Debbie to get some happiness sooner rather than later. By the time season two is over, I need her to have hooked up with someone. I don't yeah, care who please. it is. I need some happiness in Debbie's life because these these four episodes have really just drugged Debbie yeah. through the mud. I cannot I- move on from my life <laughs> until I know that Debbie is happy. Yeah, I thought that that stupid uh, support group was going to be the start of something good, but it only drug her down even more. I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, we come back to Debbie. Uh, Cecil's over at the house. I think I think this pep talk from Art really gave her a pep in her step, though, because mm-hmm. she she does she does tell Cecil, listen, I don't want any more of your money. I don't want Nolan's money from the books anymore. She says, give it to the victims of Chicago if you want to give it to anyone. Um, she tells him thank you, but she knows that his money is partly about keeping a hold on her and Mark, making them in his debt. Uh, so she's, she basically tells Cecil, F off. I'll take care of everything myself. You, I don't want any more of your blood money. Uh, so Cecil you know, teleports out, as he likes to do. And Debbie like gets two like baseball gloves out of her uh, out of the box and puts them in a the drawer. I wasn't sure what exactly the significance was of that. Um, so that was... I don't know. Maybe we'll come back to that at another point. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping they just readdress it at a different point here. If it was just kind of like a random throwaway moment, because I also didn't really get it. Yeah, because that might have been the gloves that, you know, Mark and uh, Nolan were using to like play catch in the air in the first season. Uh, So Mm. we'll see what that maybe we'll we'll get back to that later. But, you know. Seemingly, this was part of what Debbie needed to get back to herself because, you know, with a seeming like pep in her step, she's like she's putting all her husband's shit out on the lawn, including all of his books, um, which which, you know, in the episode, it kind of coincided with Nolan telling Mark to read his books. So, like, Debbie is seemingly getting rid of all the books before Mark even gets back home. So I don't know how that's going to work. He's going to get home asking where the books are and Debbie's going to be like. I gave them away. This is a waiting to exhale moment. I'm, I set all that shit on fire. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, and, and it's all trash. Like, yeah, yeah. One of the books was like the man and his invincible gun. Um, mm. So I thought that was interesting the way that the that book was uh, was worded and was titled. Um, so we'll see where that where that leads us. That was a, that was Debbie on um, this episode. It seems like we're leaving her in a better place than we have uh, in mm-hmm. most of these episodes. So hopefully we're on the road uh, to a healed, better Debbie. We just need her to uh, to to get it on a little bit. I think for, for us to be happy with where Debbie's at. I'm content at least until we wait for the second half of season two, where hopefully she is hooking up with somebody. Yes, anybody. Give- is Give her better her than what she had. Yes. Yes. Uh, we also check in with the Mahler Bros this episode. It's a very short but sweet uh, kind of couple scenes I here. I miss them so much. Yeah. So, you know, last we left the Mahler Bros, there was only one Mahler Bro because the other one got, got blown up to smithereens in that whole Angstrom, uh, you know, variance uh debacle at the warehouse so he's he's setting upon getting himself a new clone he's setting up all the machinery and we we see the clone uh come to life and the clone is like uh that was great like i i love that now you're the clone but no because last we left the one mother bro he had a very distinctive uh you know feature uh, upon himself he's pretty much half uh blown up and half good so in this way, we can tell which is the original and which is the clone. Um, it's so funny. The clone wakes up and just insists that he's the real one. But the actual, like, original is gloating because he's like, oh, yeah, obviously, I am the original. I have my 
half my face melted off. So obviously I'm the original you, one. Yes. Just goes about, you know, subjecting this this clone to the menial the menial task, the menial housework, because for once we know which one's the clone and which one is the original. I thought I thought this was a genius way to take this uh to take this concept in the storyline. It's only gonna last this episode, but it was a fun little diversion to what we've gotten so far. I know, especially I, I feel like I could watch a spin-off show of them mm-hmm. by themselves like that. Like I, I could just have an episode dedicated to them and I'd be super content. But yeah, this was kind of a fun little conjecture from like what we have already had. Yeah. And I don't mind it. I like I I really still don't fully understand what their contributions to the whole plot is, other than like occasionally people need them to either build a clone or mm-hmm have access to multiple universes um but i don't hate it yeah I, I, like, like, I like i like the little doses they provide in episodes yeah they're not they're used enough that i know who they are and i enjoy when i see them but not so much that i'm like okay oh can we see something else please like why are they here i do look forward to them yeah so we got that inside the episode and then we got the post credit scene with the Mahler bros the clone is doing the 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 clone is doing all the heavy lifting while the original is kind of giving him crap and lording over him because he is the original which in truth like this Mahler bro is probably the what eighth or ninth iteration of a yes. Mahler bro the original the original original Mahler bro probably died long ago but yes. this clone knows he is the the most recent original so he's giving the clone so much crap and the clone is like like yes sir king mauler because you know he's the yeah. original so he gets to be titled king uh and the he, king mauler's like okay yeah this is a this is a great idea i don't know why we didn't think of this sooner we're going to make so many more clones uh he takes a drink from from his clone mauler he takes a drink but apparently as we find out it's been poisoned with a microtoxin and so king mauler is now dead and clone mauler is going to build more build another clone because uh as i as, mean yeah. yeah, as the clone says, sometimes things are the way they are for a good effing reason. There's a reason and no one knows which one is the original, which one is the clone. A hundred percent. And like they already addressed this at one point with um when Rudy was making his cro- clone, mm-hmm. I believe, yeah. was when they were saying, like, this is why we don't know who was the real was the original clone, because things get really messy, as we see. For sure. Uh, so it looks like we're going to get back to kind of a status quo with the Mahler Bros, where, where there's going to be two of them at least, and no one knows which one's the original. Uh, but yeah, fun time with the Mahler Bros. Uh, a little goes a long way for the for for this uh, for this character for these characters, I should say. So ho- fun to see what what other hijinks they get into down the line. I'm excited. Um, yeah, we check in real quickly with Donald, who I decided uh, were you a King of the Hill fan, Gia? Yes, I am. I feel like I know where you're going with this. Yeah, this guy looks like a, a, a alternate universe Dale Gribble, right? <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. You know, I was I was thinking about that as well because he looks like such a rememberable character. Mm-hmm. Like he looks similar, and I almost went like the Peter Griffin route from uh, from Family yeah, Guy, but like the glasses aren't the same like you can't see his eyes with the glasses and stuff like that like you can with peter but um yeah i see it a hundred percent i'm thank you for bringing that up because i haven't seen king of the hill in a very long time but it's coming back they're they're rebooting it's coming back i know i listen i love it anything with peggy hill i co-sign off on so (laughs) you know that was she is mother 
bring Peggy to the Invincible Universe. That's how you defeat <laughs> the Vulture Mites. She, her superpower would definitely have to revolve around her, her, her freakishly long feet, her freakishly yes. big feet. Um, <laughs> but uh, we we check in on Donald, who who has been like con- consistently freaked out about how freaked out Debbie is every time she sees him. So he's definitely asking some questions about what's going on. So he comes over to the Grayson household. No one's home, but he does look across the street and sees uh, the aftermath of that explosion back in season one when they were surveilling. Uh, the Graysons and Omni Man came, and Donald blew up himself and the house. So Donald goes over there, and he like dig- he digs into the um to the dirt and finds his old glasses. You know, we we're obviously Survivor fans here, uh, and it made me think of uh, Philip when he uh, found his shorts and he knew exactly where to look. <laughs> like he just goes into the dirt and finds his old glasses that are like crushed up. He's like, "What the hell is this?" Um, but he does go back to the GDA headquarters. Uh, he does the snooping around. He has the broken glasses with him. He looks up the Grayson surveillance camera from back when they were surveilling uh, the Graysons. He can't get access with his own password, but he for some reason has Cecil's password. And this should be a lesson to all of us out there. Don't give out your passwords, uh, especially mm-hmm. if you are the head of a global defense agency. Um, yeah, but what is his password that is easy for Donald to figure out or that he was already given? Debbie is hot. I don't know. <laughs> That's probably what it is. <laughs> but he he uses Cecil's password to look at the footage and pretty much watches his own death. He watches himself blow up the house that was uh that that Donna was in, and he's he's shocked. So he goes into the bathroom, takes a look at himself, and decides to do a little exploratory surgery inside of his arm. Uh, uses a knife to cut his arm, and there is blood. So he's uh, he's very thankful that he is seemingly still a living, breathing human that bleeds. But then he notices that the knife that he used to cut open his arm was bent um, when he did this. Uh, and then at that moment, Cecil calls, and we just that's where we leave Donald. That's where we leave uh, what he found out about himself. So I guess. You know, I, I, again, I, I I see a moment in our future of this show where there's like a whole laboratory full of Donalds waiting to be activated, uh, and I, I don't know what Donald is. He, he, he maybe he's like some kind of uh, I don't know if he's a cyborg, if he is a uh, just a super powered clone. What the deal is going to be with that? Yeah, I think he needs to take a page out of the Mulder Brothers book and just not think about it too much because this is obviously a lot going on there's mm-hmm. got to be something that is because at first i was so confused when we saw him alive in season two um and i almost thought that they were just gonna like leave it be and then debbie freaks out about it and now donald's freaking out about it so whatever the hell happened here he does not know about and also cecil why would you keep the video footage you delete the evidence of it i don't i don't know i have so For many sure. questions about this this seems like another very deep plot point that is just like adding to all of the other plot points of this series. And I, I don't know what the next step is here. I can't even really think of an answer about it. We don't have the technology to like make a clone of Donald. If we need, we know that type of technology exists, but I'm guessing because we did not see a, see a clone getting made or see uh, like the Mulder brothers involved or anything like that, that there's got to be something else going on here. So I don't necessarily think this is like a clone that is that yeah. is happening. 
But I wouldn't be shocked if we found out that at some point Cecil did some some dirty double dealing and worked with the Mahler Bros to to clone a bunch of Donalds. I um, also went. I really liked the style of female Donald in that alternate mm-hmm. universe. She just her bob was really like in check yeah. there. So I kind of wish they brought her into yeah. this universe as well. Like it, it just makes sense to me, you know. Yeah, but listen, find you an employee that does so well that you want to clone them several times yes. <laughs> to to keep to keep them around. That's that's employee of the month status right there every month. Uh, they're so good, you just want more and more of them in case the in case they run out, like like a lassie. Like <laughs> I want more lassies. Oh my God. <laughs> um, uh, so our final storyline focuses on Eve, Adam Eve. Um, you know, we start out with William and uh amber on campus kind of uh you know talking about mundane college stuff but then they run into eve and eve's they can tell eve's down so, so they invite eve to brunch the next day she's like yeah that's cool uh, we find out that eve is kind of taking up a little residence at the old teen team hq um so she's there you know going to sleep going to bed when all of a sudden a noise comes out of nowhere frightens her a little bit she goes to see what's going on and we see you know, I, I I never have still gotten this guy's legit name, but I call him Robo Guy from season one. Oh, Kill Cannon is his name. Uh, I did write that down. Kill Cannon is his name. Uh, we see him stealing some type of energy core from the headquarters, um, and she and she tells she she comes upon him. She tells him put it back. She says this is the wrong day for you to come and do this shit. Like <laughs> put it back, or I will beat the living shit out of you. Uh, Kill Cannon is not trying to hear that. Uh, so they start brawling. Now, listen, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like, if I'm like sex obsessed, but I was like, maybe this is something with Eve and Kill Cannon. Like, maybe this is like, she needs to like blow off some steam. Uh, and she like has an illicit affair with a villain. I don't know why I want everybody to hook up on this show, but I guess that's how I am. There this need, show. We need people to have some, like right now. The only person that has some type of like stress reliever now is like my immortal and duplicate. And I do yeah. not want to think about that. So like I need something else for everybody needs to have something good going for them currently. Yeah. So that's not the way this goes with Eve and kill cannon. They, no. they, they fight. Uh, the brawl spills out into the city. They end up on a bridge in the city. Eve is, is holding her own. She's really kicking this guy's ass. It's not going well for kill cannon. He's uh, he's really met his match here. Um, she is deflecting his blast. She's, she's holding him at bay. But one of the blasts that she deflects results in a car getting hit with a blast and it going off a bridge. Eve, you know, again, you know, Eve's already been traumatized by collateral damage uh, that she herself has caused. And this is another instance where that is, is coming into play because the car is going off the bridge. She tries to save the car from going off the bridge, but Kill Cannon intervenes and uh, the car falls off the bridge. She does end up getting the couple out of the car. And tries to get them on land and, ha- and get them help. Um, we don't. We're not sure if the couple survived or not. Uh, may may or not may or may may or may not be too late for them. But this again just shows uh, shows Eve that, and you know, obviously her dad has gotten to her head. This kind of shows that her powers are dangerous. Her powers are more, uh, you know, harm than they are good. Which is what her dad had kind of drilled into her the last time that he had talked to her. So I think this kind of reinforces that for Eve because this this what happened to this couple was in her mind uh caused by her 
And so we, we end Eve's episode with her going back to her parents' house and kind of, you know, I guess acquiescing to what her dad wants. Like, no, don't go in that house, Eve. Don't step foot in that house. Do not uh, do not fall for this. What did you think of, of Eve's kind of uh, story, uh, end of story and how, and how her mindset is going into what will be the second part of the second season? I keep reminding myself that she has to have those downs to like realize like and become like a better version of herself and realize that maybe her dad doesn't know everything. Um, but it, it's kind of a downer to like Eve's story in this season. I think that obviously there's some lessons to be learned here that like um, she can't she can't just change things as she wants and hope for the best here like she can't just use her powers for good and have the results be a hundred percent positive every time but i feel like there is a like i i feel like there is a lesson for her to learn here that isn't give up on being any type of superhero or like using your powers or anything like that i think that there is uh, a way like there's a there's a compromise in there somewhere of like yeah maybe maybe there is a nonprofit you can work with where you can help and use your powers effectively but you have a little more regulation with it or yeah. um, maybe having using your powers unregulated is not going to be the way to go like she thought it was maybe this is the push she's going to need to go back to the guardians in some way or maybe be like working with them loosely like how. I mean, Omni-Man's a bad example for a lot of reasons, but like how Omni-Man would used to work with the uh, with the Guardians before he killed them. Um, so, you know, <laughs> that little event. But I, I think that there is going to be a middle ground for Eve that we just haven't gotten to yet because currently it's seen – and her dad is not helping the situation because he seems very his way or the highway as well. But I feel like there is a compromise between – what Eve wants to do and what her father wants her to do, which is nothing. Yeah. I hate that her dad is such a dick and it's going to be, it's going to be seemingly he's going to get his way. Um, yes. That's the thing. Back. I hate when things go people's ways that I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be annoying. Um, so it's, I, I imagine when we come back to the second part, that he's going to be uh, stopped using her powers and doing whatever her dad wants her to do, probably going back to school or something. Um, so that's going to be a little bit, little bit of a bummer. Uh, but I would imagine at some point Eve's going to find her way back to superheroing, maybe in a more responsible manner or realizing that she does more good than bad, even though there is going to be some collateral damage along the way. I think that's inevitable. Uh, I, I do like that she's thinking this way because we don't get that a lot in superhero media of you know superheroes thinking of the collateral damage and you know having feeling responsible for for any any bad things that happen in in light of their good deeds that's an interesting take on it i think i agree especially with um like it kind of seemed especially for a a large part of season one that like eve's powers did not have a downside but what we have learned a lot in this series is that there are always going to be downsides to Mm -hmm. things especially when we have like these government agencies involved like this is a very you know, dark take on superhero franchises. Yeah. So there's definitely going to be more of that here. And I think we are starting to see the downsides to the powers that Eve has. 
And I don't think that's necessary for a bad thing. I think it's going to be a rough road for her. And I, you know, this will probably be the hardest part for her as uh, somebody with these powers that can be very dangerous when they're unchecked. But I don't think it's necessarily like there's not going to be an opportunity for her in the future to make up for that or that it's going to be either she realizes that she can't be, you know, she can be a superhero, but maybe not necessarily in the way that she originally planned herself to be. Yeah, I think her and Mark can really bo- kind of bond on this because Mark felt responsible for all those deaths in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He was feeling a little responsible for some of the some of the drawbacks that her powers have caused. So I think that's going to be another thing that they can really bond um, on and talk about and talk through together. So I'm interested to see what that dynamic is going to be like when we come back. But uh, you know, that's our episode for for Invincible episode four, season two. Um, listen, we, we don't have a like I said, we don't have a con- concrete date yet. We just know early next year for the second part. Um, but when when that comes out, we will be back recapping all these episodes. Um, and I, I know I for one am so excited to see what they decide to do with this season. Like like I said earlier, um, in our season coverage, um, you know, this is where my my book knowledge stops. So I'm excited to see uh, what's going to happen with uh, with what I don't know is going is coming yet. In season one, I knew a lot of stuff that was coming. Um, but season two, I'm kind of flying blind. So I, I'm I'm excited to see with the rest of the people that haven't read the book what's going to happen. I oh, I did not know that this is where the book knowledge ended for you. So I'm really excited to see where it goes. Oh my god! Yeah, well, see, wait. well, the start of season two, I did, I did like pretty much at the end of season one was where my book knowledge stopped. So I, I've been okay. flying blind the whole season. But I'm just excited to see where they take all this stuff. That's oh, so I, I since wait. I don't know what's coming. Um, along with the rest with with a lot of other people but Mm -hmm. um but gia where can people keep up with you uh what are you up to nowadays what's going on oh my god uh i i promise there are things it's just it's been it's been a month so (laughs) you can follow me on twitter instagram and tiktok at classically gia for all of my television shenanigans um, here on Post Show Recaps, um, we got a return date for Abbott Elementary, finally, which is February 7th yes. of 2024. So I'm very hopeful that we will get to bring that back to Post Show Recaps as well. So let the people know you want to see Abbott Elementary back. Um, over on Inside Survivor, I do my weekly recaps of Survivor with my good friend Christine Palin. And then on a Silent Podcast, I do my weekly recaps of Survivor 45 and Slash Survivor, which is Drunk History and Survivor combined. We'll have a new episode out soon that I'm very excited for. So please take a look out for that and keep an eye out for all the new projects that I have coming my way. But until we figure out what the hell is happening with the second half of Invincible Season 2, happy holidays, everybody. Fantastic. Um, the people can find me on Twitter at J-A-Y-R-1085 as far as podcasts go. Um, I, over here on Postal Recaps, I'm also covering The Gilded Age with Marissa Garza, so check that coverage out if you're into that show. And then over on the Rob Has a Podcast or Hap Ups Network, I'm covering this show, Married at First Sight, on my podcast, A Perfect Match, that I do with Asia Welch. Uh, we we love covering that, that messy show. Um, you will enjoy the coverage of it if you do, even if you don't watch the episode you can you can follow along so we have a lot of fun there so check me out there as well um until we get those uh that next batch episodes um hope you all have a, a great year a great holiday and we will catch you next time Bye. Ah.
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.